Welcome to Cinemaholics. We have another bonus episode for you all. We are going forward in time to, you guessed it, another post-apocalyptic world in a, in a movie. So many movies do the post-apocalypse thing. And I, I want to ask you this first, Well, before we start talking about Finch, mm. when it comes to apocalyptic movies, I mean, when it comes to like, you know, this foreboding doom, do, do you think this is the right time for these kinds of movies, like in general? Because like, I, I don't know, I feel like people want something a little bit more hopeful and escapist. Do, do you think people are a little bit more, and I'm not saying anything about Finch at the moment, because you can maybe argue that it is kind of a hopeful movie, but yeah, like, what, where's your, what's your mood right now with, with movies in general? Um, so I guess it depends. Um, I feel like the parameter is, uh, so for last year, there were like a ton of people who watched or rewatched, uh, Contagion, the Steven Soderbergh film. And, you know, a lot of people wanted to watch that as a comparison to kind of see like how they should respond to this. If like, you know, the warning signs were in place and all that. And, uh, some other people are just like, I wouldn't even think about watching that right now. I want to be distracted. I want to be taken out of that. I don't want to think about the world at large right now. I'd rather watch something like Clifford the Big Red Dog, for instance. Uh, So for me, I did rewatch Contagion last year. So I think that kind of describes (laughs) where I land on that uh, perspective. But I can certainly see why some folks are just like, yeah, I don't want to deal. I don't want to think about the world right now. I want to to have escapism. And that's not providing it uh, with some dystopian drama. That you know, that was kind of my attitude going into Finch because I, I didn't watch a trailer, didn't really know anything about it, but I saw that it was it's Tom Hanks, and it looked like it had like Fallout vibes. And I, I'll be honest, I was kind of nervous. I was like, well, I, I don't know if I want to watch. I don't know if I'm in the mood for a kind of doom and gloom movie. But I think I, like right on the onset, one thing that kind of surprised me about it, this is how it's really, yeah, the, the it's not that bleak. I mean, it is bleak to an extent. But I thought I found it kind of heartwarming. So I guess we can talk about it. Yeah, it's more like grim, but bittersweet, I guess. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So this is a new film from Miguel Sapochnik. Uh, you might recognize him. His last movie was Repo Men, but he did a bunch of episodes of Game of Thrones, like really yeah. high profile episodes. I mean, one of those episodes, Battle of the Bastards, is like considered one of the best Game of Thrones episodes. One of the most impressive action television moments of all time sure. like when you watch it i mean we're talking about a moment when something was on a television show that not just rivaled blockbuster filmmaking but surpassed it in several ways like it really is unbelievable what he was able to pull off with that and a couple other episodes too so I, when i saw that he directed this i was i was kind of wondering what is this going to be like? Because that's been his bread and butter lately is like fantasy and swords and these massive sets with thousands of people or hundreds of people, I should say, kind of colliding in blood and dirt and stuff. And Finch kind of has like a little bit of that, like, you know, this world feels like worn and burnt out and everything, but it's so small comparatively. There's only one like live action actor throughout almost the entirety of the film. That's Tom Hanks who leads it. He lives in a future where there was a solar flare. And so you can't really go outside during the day because the sun just kind of like burns right through our Mm -hmm. atmosphere. And so it's always too hot for humans to survive. So you have to like live underground or you have to live in like certain buildings. You have to wear a UV suit when you go anywhere because otherwise the radiation is going to kill you. And Finch has been dealing with this existence for about a decade, uh, just kind of surviving, trying to get by, not really taking a lot of risks, always being on his own, except he has this lovely little dog named Goodyear. 
And he kind of faces a dilemma where he realizes his time is ticking. Like it's, it's only a matter of time before he dies. Mm -hmm. And that this is a world where there are barely any humans left. He doesn't trust any humans. So he decides if anybody could take care of this dog after I pass on, then maybe it's this robot that could survive the elements much better than him that can provide for the dog and take care of the dog who he cares about a lot. So he invents this Android cyborg robot thing. Yeah. And uh, I won't give away what his name is because like I saw some people giving away the name of the robot, but that's like part of the movie is like, there's a fun scene of like the robot wants to give itself a name. So I don't want to give that away, sure. but the ro it's basically Tom Hanks trying to teach a robot how to be more human. Mm. And then maybe, maybe Finch is going to learn a little bit about being human himself. They go on a road trip. It's an RV movie and it's kind of just like a, a, a buddy family kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of sweet. What did you think about Finch? Will? uh, I had the chuckle because I was just thinking about how even in the literal apocalypse, uh, Tom Hanks in the movies has to make a son so he can be America's dad. Like he's just like, yeah. if there's no one else around, I will make a son. Gosh dang it! Uh, he, but looks, no, he looks yeah. right into the robot's eyes. Right, you got a you got a friend in me. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I had more expectations than you did for this film because I really enjoy uh, character focused dystopian films like this. Um, I wouldn't say this world is small; it just feels more hyper focused because I think the beginning of the movie it, it like scans like a whole city and it feels like it's an actual set and stuff like that. And I was really impressed with like the scale of this thing. But like you said, it feels very uh, economical as far as like what it's doing. It's obviously focused only on, uh, you know, three actors and one isn't human. And so, uh, you know, and well, like one's well, also, two isn't human. Well, I mean, the dog, yeah. the robot. Well, I mean, don't forget Dewey. Yeah. Kea Blonder Jones does the is a voice, the robot. Yeah. So I, I that's what I was counting. But yeah, he he's not on screen for the film. Only Tom Hanks has ever seen on screen um in a way that i was really impressed because i kept waiting for that i am legend moment where it's just like all right here are the other survivors and it's like now we have to save the world and i was really impressed but i was just like oh this is it like we're just gonna do this and that's fine with me i want just this like i think this is perfectly fine as it is i can see because i think some people are sort of dismissive as far as like oh this movie's like really simple in a way that like i don't i don't think they mean like simple as far as like simple-minded but just like simple as like it's not really trying to do that much or it's not really like saying a whole lot about human condition. But I, I think for me, that's what I found so oddly comforting about the film is that. It, yeah. It, it says yeah. more with less. Exactly. Yeah. In a way that feels like so many movies nowadays, especially blockbusters in this vein, feel like they have to kind of encompass so much. We have like all these like cinematic universes and, you know, all this, uh, you know, like this desire to build IP franchises and all this stuff. And I really, really admired how this movie was able to just, rein itself in and be so, you know, uniquely about these very select group of people, like uh, not even people, a, a person and his robot and canine companions. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's not like an amazing film. I don't think it does anything outside of what you expect. I think what's on the tin is what you're going to get with this film. Uh, but I think it was really comforting to see a kind of sweet, thoughtful movie like this that's, you know, for all audiences, but mainly for adults. And it doesn't really sugarcoat things about what the world is or what a world like this will be if things are as they continue to be. But at the same time, there is a, a kind of warm, gentle humanity to it that's uh, very endearing and sweet. And uh, it makes for quite a lovely little sci-fi movie, I think. I totally agree with you. I, yeah, yeah, so we should set up too. I mean, this movie, it was on the blacklist. It's one of those spec scripts that 
people wanted to make and just never really got to. And I think it was a purposeful decision to take this movie and make it a more focused movie, like you're saying, because uh, Robert Zemeckis, I think, was originally producing this. He is a producer. And I think he still does, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think Zemeckis, you know, I think I think you do get that sense of like, OK, let's make something kind of kind of personal, kind of, you know, something a little bit more focused on the characters and not really this, you know, the special effects just sort of aid all of that material. But yeah, I, I think and also this was uh, Amblin Entertainment, I think, through Apple and originally Universal was going to distribute the film, but uh, yeah, it just didn't work out that way. I think because of COVID, uh, they shot this like right before COVID, and I think COVID interrupted maybe the either the production or the post production. And what I like about this movie is that, like you said, it it kind of borrows so many different things from other movies. Like that is a main criticism, I should say. Like it is a bit derivative of movies like you know Silent Runnings and and Wally and Chappie and things like that, but. I, I think what I appreciate about it more is like how how directly personal it is. Like it, it really isn't like like you said, trying to be like a major major blockbuster. It's just trying trying to be sweet, and it's just trying to say something kind of simple and profound about the world we live in. And you know, it doesn't try to like change Finch dramatically in terms of like his main issue in this movie is that he doesn't trust other people, and the movie kind of justifies that it doesn't try to do like you said the i am legend thing where it's like okay now we're gonna get the whole thing where he's gonna have to get his mind changed and you know anything like that it's a little bit more realistic right yeah exactly so yeah even though it has like the the tropes and everything in there like you can expect i I know there were there were surprise there were little surprises in this that made it its own thing i thought Mm -hmm. like i think like i think what where this movie really works is how well-rounded Finch is because on the one hand he's untrustworthy he is a bit grumpy as you would expect but he has like these little moments of humanity of like when he's trying to teach that one of my favorite parts of the movie when, when he's trying to teach the robot like okay here are the rules here's how to get by in this life and then one of the last things he tells him is like and also just like live a little you know and like he just this idea of like and have a little bit of fun there's like a scene in a diner where he and the dog are just like pretending like they're ordering and i was like man these are like moments sometimes films just forget to have where like maybe they're in the script but like the director takes them out because they think they don't need it but it's like or something yeah exactly but that stuff really goes so far into bolstering the themes of the movie and i think we're in a sort of post cinemaskins world where sometimes like scenes like that where they play to emotion and they they sort of like dress up the world they they get knocked out for like you don't need this you could take it out and doesn't change anything about the movie i hate criticism like that like sometimes it's true but a lot of the time it builds atmosphere and we lose a lot of that in a lot of modern films so i I was pretty happy with how this one turned out yeah, for sure. And I mean, looking at it as uh, a Tom Hanks film, as I was joking with you earlier, uh, I feel like there's this expectation that Tom Hanks is always going to be the sort of level-headed, charming guy. Like, obviously, there are exceptions, but more often than not, he kind of plays, you know, like like I was joking before, like America's dad, like the good, well-mannered guy who's like trying to impose good values and things like that. And he does that here obviously, but it's a little bit more, there's more of an edge to it at the same time in a way that I found pretty refreshing. Like he does get frustrated and he does, you know, lose his temper and he does snap and he can be irrational and, and, you know, uh, kind of, uh, 
ill-tempered in many different ways and uh you know it still has that tom hanks charm to it but there is that sense of like you know sometimes just fitch isn't a pleasant guy to be around and you know that makes him seem more real to me it makes it seem less like a star performance and more like a guy you know who has lived through however many years and decades of the apocalypse and he's just trying his best to uh you know make a good world for his god companion and this robot keeps messing up and he just like why don't you just know what to do and yeah, there's like yeah. one yeah there's like a line that i really love it's just like i know you were born yesterday but i really need you to grow up or something like that that <laughs> i really liked a lot uh yeah i think it's a really impressive performance and i think it's a type of performance i imagine kind of similar to like cloud atlas that movie fans will kind of appreciate more over time not that people aren't appreciating now but i think in retrospect it's going to be a type of performance like man we really took that for granted as far as like tom hanks star power as far as what he was able to do and pull off for a film like this because I really liked it a lot. It's not like a top five or top ten Tom Hanks performance, but it's just a good showcase for what his star power can do in a film like this. I agree. It's a, it's a good marker for this stage of his career. You know, we've, we've gotten so, sort of like the grandfather Tom Hanks mode already a few times, but I think this is one of the ones that really sums up what he has to offer at this stage in his career as an actor. And I, I really appreciate it on that level. I really want to hype up this robot. I, I think Caleb Landry Jones has a really good vocal performance. I like the design of this robot. Yeah. I like the the chemistry between him and Finch. And I think like some of the criticism I've seen has been, you know, I, I just found the movie a little bit dull, a little bit like I, I found it kind of boring because not a lot happens. And that's certainly true. This movie's kind of short on spectacle and visceral thrill. But I think what kept me hooked into it is the progression of the robot because the robot is constantly changing and progressing and getting better. And a little of it is predictable for sure. But that's what kept me tuned in. It was, it was where I wanted to see where this dynamic was going to go next. And I felt like there was always like an evolution to be had right around the corner with this movie. And it, and it I think, ends in a very satisfying way in that regard. Yeah. And I mean, you say that about visual spectacle, but I mean, the special effect of the robot I think is really, really impressive. impressive. Yeah. It's like, I think it's a mix of um, CG and prosthetics and puppeteering, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. And it seems I, to be, uh... yeah, it seems like a pretty seamless illusion. Like, you know, it, it, even if it does get a little wonky, it kind of adds to the charm. Cause like, you know, he's like this kind of like oafish bumbling robot anyway. So it, it kind of adds to like the kind of like weird unsettling on humanness of him at the same time uh, in a way that I think ultimately is a really, really effective uh, special effect. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think I think it's more of a criticism. People are like, well, there's not a lot of action. You know, there's not a lot of like the robot, you know, the robot never shoots something. You know, like, I think sometimes that's what people want from movies. Like I, I get it on one sense because it's a post-apocalypse movie and sure. it kind of really looks and feels like Fallout. I know you don't really play the, the video games, but this really feels like Fallout. Like it's got a lot of the trappings of that sort of thing. Now uh, you could tell they took a little bit of inspiration from it, like down to like the main character wearing a suit and having a dog with him and, and all of that and and having like kind of like a larger than life companion. But, I, you know, I, I want to say this. I, I think that when, when I watch a movie that has like very few characters, that feels kind of like a like a bottle episode. It's kind of like what I was alluding to before about post post-apocalypse movies in general. And how when I watch a movie like this and it, it could so easily be very like preachy. And I don't want to say that in a sense that like movies shouldn't be preachy or have a direct message, but it is a movie where like you can't extrapolate from it. Like, you know, the world is could really just go to all heck. Like 
sooner rather than later. Like it, it's only a matter of time. Like there's a little bit of like climate change in this, but it's not doing it in a blunt way. That's trying to make you feel bad or trying to make you feel the doom of that. It's more so saying like, even if something really awful happens, like worst case scenario, we're still going to have, you know, the, the fundamental elements of humanity somewhere, even if it's not in people. And I think that's like the overall message of this movie. And that I think is where it is less derivative. It's like, yeah, you can point to a lot of movies. You can point to the short circuit if you wanted to, in terms of like what this movie borrows from inspiration wise. But I think that's a surface level criticism because it, it does, I think, have a beating heart that goes deeper than I, at least I expected. Sure. I mean, there's um, even if you don't want to look at it as like apocalyptic sort of thing, there's that sense of like we're all going to die. I mean, that's not. <laughs> I'm not saying anything profound there, but like, you know, there's that sense of like, it's so easy to take things for granted and to kind of like be stuck in your own ways and to like not really stop and smell the roses and things like that. And this character is so clearly like was so caught up in life on what he wanted to do professionally and all that, that he never really lived his life. And in a situation like this, he's alive, but not like fully, obviously. And so, um, I mean, that's not like anything profound as far as like what the message is, but I think something like that. Uh, it's it can be so simple that I think some people take that for granted. But when it is to- well told, like a film like this, I think it can be really effective and ultimately uh, meaningful. So I like that a lot about this film. I'm sad I didn't see this in a theater. It was cool seeing it. Like it was a surprise for me. Like sure. I didn't know anything about it. And watching it at home is nice and everything. But yeah, I, I had the feeling of like this is one of those movies where if I'd shown up to the theater on like a Sunday afternoon and I'd seen like, oh, a Tom Hanks movie called Finch. And, mm-hmm. and I only have the poster to go off of. This is one of those movies I think I would have come out of the theater smiling and being like, man, that was a, that was a really cool experience I didn't expect. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, even like yeah. I, I was kind of expecting because last year there was Greyhound and that didn't get a theatrical release because obviously the right, pandemic yeah. was happening. But I thought there might even be like a limit theatrical release for this film because like they might want to try to get some, um, you know, technical Oscars or whatever. And uh, it doesn't seem like they're even trying for that. Maybe they'll go for an Emmy or something. I don't know. But yeah, it just seems like they just threw this on to Apple TV Plus rather unceremoniously. Just uh, hoping to get that yeah. Greyhound uh, enthusiasm, which it might. I don't know. I actually haven't checked to see if this is doing well in the servers or not. But uh, yeah, it does show that they kind of like, uh, not that they didn't have faith in it, but it seemed like they were just kind of just like, yeah, we don't really know if this is going to do well, but Tom Hanks and a robot, it's on there if you want to watch it. <laughs> Hey, I mean, I think it's been like you mentioned with Greyhound and also with like News of the World. It just seems like lately all these like Tom Hanks movies have been a little bit like unceremonious. Like they come out and people are interested in in them and they get they actually have more pop culture impact than other movies i'd say like i think that's just the power of tom hanks being one of the last like bankable movie stars you you have him you know in a movie people are very likely to see yep. it right this would not be made if, if tom hanks wasn't starting it i feel pretty confident saying that it's, it's likely so you know yeah. unless they had there are other actors that are maybe on the same level but i think yeah that the specific thing that he offers as an actor is very unique in that respect so i don't know what do you what do you think the the future of this guy's career really is going to be though like do you do you see his filmography ever returning to like hey i mean we had well it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood i think was like the last splashy like tom hanks performance that people were really like oh wow like this is this is going to be like a big thing and that didn't go over like super well did it like people weren't Um, gaga for it i think it was pretty well liked i i don't think it's retained a lot of uh like pop culture stakes but right people still did the post yeah the post is an ultimately kind of forgettable film uh, unfortunately but 
Yeah, I mean, uh, to answer your question, I know, I think his next one is uh, Pinocchio. Elvis. Well, that too. Yeah, he also has Elvis. Um, but that was like I don't a know, but does Pinocchio have a release date? Because I don't know. I know that's the next thing. I know he's doing that with Robert Zemeckis, but I didn't know if that was coming out next year or 23. But yeah. Elvis is next year. Like, I think they're already, they already filmed it. Yeah, well, I thought they already filmed Pinocchio. Um, I think they're in the, I thought they were still in the middle of filming it and they weren't sure when they were going to release it, but it could have, uh, it could have finished up production and I just missed the news. Yeah. I mean, I think he, uh, I think he's finished filming Pinocchio. I, I could be misspeaking, but, um, probably actually, I, I think, um, now that I think about it, I think they fit, they started it back in March. So the, yeah, they'd be done by now. They probably finished right before the summer. Sure. For some I reason mean, I just, yeah. I was thinking a little bit, it was a little bit more recent that they started uh, principal photography. Um, but I mean, you know, just kind of going off his filmography coming up. I mean, like we like we mentioned, like News of the World, that's him reuniting with Paul Greengrass. Um, Pinocchio, that's reuniting with Robert Zemeckis. Meanwhile, the Elvis movie is him working with Baz Luhrmann. And then he has the Wes Anderson movie. It's coming out. I don't know if that was. Titled. Yeah. Asteroid City. Yeah. Uh, Excited oh, that, about that. That got a title? I didn't know. If yeah, it did. they, they gave it a title pretty recently. Okay. But I mean, going off of that trend, my guess would be that he's just going to either reunite with filmmakers he really likes and enjoys working with or new or established um, filmmakers that he wants to work with, uh, either in like a certain genre or just like he kind of wants to respect their vision, just kind of give it a little bit more of um, notice or media attention because he's involved with them. That would be my guess, at least. But, I want him to like, work with yeah. newer filmmakers. I don't want to see him with Spielberg again. Sure. I, I hate to see it. And like, I'm not close minded to it, but I think it's more interesting when other directors give it a shot with this guy. I, I don't want to see another Clint Eastwood. I, I just I want somebody to, to give us a different take. And I think that we got that to an extent with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Right. I think yeah. uh, Mariel Heller, like I, I would say, hey, give her another shot, because I think sure. the way she, the way she directed him in that movie was kind of low key brilliant. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just seems like he's. I mean, I'm sure he's going to do whatever he wants. He's Tom Hanks. Like we say, he's one of the few. Yeah. Bank he's not actors. listening to us. <laughs> sure. But this is like the like kind of twilight period of his career, I'm guessing. Right. Like the thir- third chapter, mm-hmm. third phase. Uh, I mean, I hope he lives for many more years and continue working for many more years. But yeah, I mean, I, my guess would just be that he's probably going to pick up more supporting roles and just kind of be like the established veteran that, you know, does his thing and, and provides his charm and, uh, gets a good solid performance for your movie and um you know he has two oscars he doesn't really need to prove anything at this point so i imagine he'll just keep doing the movies he wants to do and i hope you know similar to um like finch he kind of takes a few risks along the way and just like yeah you know this isn't going to be a guarantee but something i want to do it's a challenge for me and it's uh something that the audience may not expect from me so i always enjoy films like this that that seem expected but a little out of the box at the same time but I imagine my guess, maybe being cynical, is that those type of films are going to become a little bit more few and far between. But I guess we'll just have to see. I guess where I slightly disagree is I think he still wants another Oscar, right? I think he wants an Oscar from this era because, I mean, he hasn't had one since like the two that he got were like 93 and 94, weren't they? For Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. So it's been decades and I think he has gunned for that Oscar with, you know, several performances. And I think that I, I, I would, I, I'm assuming for the guy, but I, I do think that like Hanks has got to be like, you know what? I'm in a different stage in my career. If I could get like one more accolade that kind of represents my body of work post, you know, the, the Toy Story movies, I guess, you know, in terms of like how he has sort of been, Mostly you know, a, an icon Gump. ever yeah. since Forrest Gump. Sorry. Yeah. What? No, just, I said Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think that he's he'll for sure 
keep making a challenging and interesting work. And that's just the guy. He's only 65. He's got hopefully many years ahead of him still. And I think this is the beginning of that era. We're still in the, hopefully in the beginning of it. We're not like winding toward the end, but uh, I agree with you. I think this is a a good showcase for what he's capable of. And yeah, one of those stop gaps to maybe something even more profound for the guy, if that's what he wants to do. So yeah, anyway, that's, that's Finch, I guess. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a dude that made people cry for a volleyball and cast away. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't know how much of a challenge this is for him, but you know, he's like literally like the only on-screen actor for 98% of the movie. And I think sure. you kind of forget about that. Cause you kind of get caught in the mystique of uh, Tom Hanks and that's, no small feat, and that's always a credit to his star power and his continued like ability, even when he's playing somewhat cantankerous characters like Finch. And so, yeah, I'm always excited to see when he makes movies like this, and I hope there are many more like it, but we will see. I guess for Tom Hanks, Finch was a cinch. All right, Rotten Tomatoes. Right. What do you... Th- <laughs> I'm just going to breeze past that one. Sure. All right, 141 critics have reviewed Finch on Rotten Tomatoes. What do you, what do you think the percentage is in terms of people liking this one? Uh, I imagine people will like it probably a good bit, but not like through the roof. Love it. So my guess is going to be 85 percent. Boy, this is not your week. Last oh. 73 percent. 73. Wow, that's low. Yeah, a bit lower, a bit lower. I think it was like closer to the 80s for a while. Um, and then it's it's kind of dropped a bit. I think some critics are coming out and saying, I, I think people really are just latching on to this is too much like other movies. And I'm like, OK, what, what do you what do you want? But um, OK, audience score. Audience score, 500 plus ratings. Not a lot of verified ratings, but it is being logged. What do you think the audience score is? Audience score, um, well, now you make me feel less confident. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, 80%? 68%. 68%. man. So this know, one isn't right? really uh, This one isn't really cracking the nut there, I guess. I know, yeah. We're kind of in the, mi- not the minority, I guess, but like, you know, it's not a clear cut case, I guess, for for people, whether or not they like it. So, yeah, it's not like go. it's not an amazing film. And it's, it is an easy one to overlook, considering, like we said, that uh, Apple isn't really like, you know, gunning to make it like a big to do. But yeah, I don't know. I, just, I imagine this won't be better received over time. It just seems like the type of film that that people yeah. would really be impressed by maybe at a later date. But we'll see. Also, uh, I, I just saw, like, looking at the Rotten Tomatoes, apparently it was in some theaters. Oh, uh, it did. Co- oh. It came out on Apple TV Plus. But, yeah, according, according to this, it, apparently Fandango says you could have gotten tickets for it. So it was, it was probably a very, very, very small release, yeah. probably like L.A. and New York or something. But, so yeah, Oscar, I guess some people could have. Yeah, so yeah. it did get an Oscar qualifying run, I guess. Yeah, maybe obligatory. I don't, I don't think they really have that kind of hope for it. So, but that is Finch. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.